Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the start of something new, a GCOM podcast. I'm your host, Jake, and with me, as always, is my co-host and fellow super sleuth, Kate. And this is the podcast in which we review every single Disney Channel original movie in chronological order, all the way from Under Wraps to The Naughty Nine. And this is season two, episode 14, in which we'll be discussing the 38th Disney Channel original movie, Get a Clue. But before we do that, Kate, how have you been since our last recording? You know, we both made some pretty big academic steps. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. So, um... I'm done, well, as as are you, done with with school for the year, which is great. I mean, honestly, though, you're you're better off a little bit than I am. Technically, our finals week is this week, um, but I only had one final, and he had it due early for some reason, so I didn't really have anything this week. I had, like, that final quote-unquote today, but we just went in and we talked about our papers that were graded, like, a week ago. So that was fun. Um, and then, yeah, I officially graduate with my master's degree on Saturday. So I am super, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I'm very excited. I didn't get a commencement the first go around because um, I graduated in the heat of the start of the pandemic back in uh, late April of 2020. And so, yeah, so like didn't really get anything for that. I could have gone back for a late commencement, but it was it didn't end up happening for my university until this past October. And I was like, I my undergrad is states away, as you know, from where I am getting my master's. So I was like, I'm not going up just to like walk for my bachelor's degree when I'm getting my master's and just a few months after that, but I'm super, super excited about it. Um, I, I know that commencement itself is boring, but I'm just looking forward to have a day or having a day to kind of celebrate that and kind of get to do what I didn't get to do as an undergrad. So that'll be really fun. Um, and yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. I'm just really looking forward to making this official, um, this upcoming weekend. But how about you, Jake? How did your finals go? Uh, my finals went pretty well. You know, I got all my projects done in time. Yay. <laughs> did I stay up till 2 a.m. for some of them? Maybe. But that's not besides the, that's besides the point. So now, yeah. So now, as long as everything goes well with my final grades, I will officially be a senior come this fall. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. I can't believe we got here. Like, it's so wild for me when we started this podcast in August of 2020, you were going into your first year, right? Mm-hmm. And I was going in to my first year of my master's degree. Like, that's just weird to me that, like, now you're a senior and I'm, like, done, done with this degree. Like, how, how, time is wild. Time is wild, but, you know, I did it, and now I get to be a senior, and now it means I get to cry about my thesis because, oh, God. <laughs> I'm so excited for your thesis. It's going to be great. I'm always here to support you. I mean, I don't know if I'll actually be there for your presentation or defense because, like, time, well, we're in the same time zone. That, I was going to say time zones. That's not right. You know, states and stuff, but... um. 
I'm I'm excited to see how it turns out. I think it'll be so much fun, no matter what you what you end up going with. Yeah, and if you're in the state, come this time next year, you can come to the uh, senior exhibition at school and see my work and see everyone else's work. Because for the stu- for the senior exhibition, we get to print out um, works we want to have hung up for like people to see. So like, yeah, that's fun, and I think it runs like all this week. So this week next year it's like if you're in the state come see it oh that's sweet yeah i definitely will um yeah i definitely will i'm hoping i'll be back in the state at that point but we'll see we'll see yeah we'll see where we are in a year yeah so it's a year away like although a year as proven by this podcast goes by so dang fast yeah literally especially if you're counting the year in decoms <laughs> Yes, my goodness. Truly. But all right, now that we've done some catching up, um, uh, no decom news currently, even though it's been like, I don't know how long since our last uh, episode, but you know, no, no news. You know, we're just kind of going along. I know Disney Channel recently announced two new shows at least, which I think is interesting because um, I think they also said for those two new shows, like, a couple days after they premiere on Disney Channel, they'll soon be available to watch on Disney Plus, which is starting to continue my theory that it seems like they're kind of just moving away from just syndicated TV and kind of just focusing more on streaming. Yeah, I I agree with that. I feel like that indicates that they're kind of very, very slowly phasing out the Disney Channel as much as yeah, can. and. Uh, uh, I know, like the day they announced Disney Channel is going to go off air or something, we're going to have to like hold a hold a funeral for it. We're going to have to be in mourning. We will. We'll hold a vigil and everything. It'll be great. I um, mean, it's like all, pretty much all the shows are on Disney Plus now, but still, it's like you know, just you can't replace the memories of growing up watching Disney Channel. I know it's not going to be the same. Like, I'm, I'm, I hope Disney Channel hangs on for a while. But my guess is that these shows that are coming up right now, they're going to be like their last three, four season shows that are Disney Channel, quote unquote, shows. It's my mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. Like I said, just television's in a weird place right now because not only is cable fighting with streaming, but streaming is literally fighting itself because like everyone has a streaming service nowadays. So it's like everyone's fighting for viewers. And, like, didn't Netflix just announce, like, their first real major loss, you know, like, in their yeah. whole existence? Yes. Apparently, the stock just, like, plummeted for it. So, yeah. Netflix ain't doing so hot right now, but, Because, yeah, like, I think I heard a lot of people were just canceling their subscriptions, like, in mass. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Netflix... I, I'd say I've been watching Netflix lately more than usual, um, but I'd say I watch Disney, like, I could get along fine without Netflix. I love Netflix. I will probably continue to pay, like, 10 bucks a month for it, um, but I can see where people would be canceling it, because I feel like if I had to choose, I would choose HBO Max or Disney over Netflix. Yeah. Well, and I think another pe- there's another problem people have with Netflix is they do a lot of just they'll make one season of a show and then cancel it and then it's like, "Oh, okay." 
Yeah, right. Because, like, that's, that's like a meme now that Netflix will make a show and then, like, the day it premieres, they'll cancel it and be like, well, nobody watched it. It's like you didn't give them a chance to. Yeah. Didn't get accurate numbers there, bud. So stupid. Yeah, so, like, Nef- I don't know. Yeah, Netflix ain't doing too hot. I- I'd probably get rid of it, too, but, like, not to sound like that person, but it's currently streaming service I'm actively paying for myself. <laughs> so, like, eh, what if? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I pay for... Yeah. I pay for, like, two or three streaming services. I feel like I'll cancel, like, Paramount or HBO, and then I'll bring it back. Um, and then I'm always paying for Disney. My pa- I'm still on my parents' Netflix. You know, how it goes. Right. Listen, the only reason I really would want Paramount is just because I want to watch the new iCarly, because I see that, like, I hear the new iCarly's pretty good. The new iCarly, you know, I I started it, and honestly, I didn't really like the first episode or two, but once I got into it, I was like, this is good. But then I never went back to it. It was just, like, one of those things, like, I got into it for a second, and then, like, I just stopped watching it for some reason. But I gotta go back and watch it. Um, I have to, like, reset my Paramount account, so I've been, like, procrastinating on that, but I really need to do that. Um, Anyway, moving along. Anyway. Yeah, it's like we got sidetracked talking about streaming and stuff. But anyway, so, Kate, are you ready to talk about Get a Clue? Yeah, absolutely. I'm ready to talk about Get a Clue. This movie was great. Yes. Um. So let's start. Do you want some uh background on this movie? Oh, yes. I would love some background on this movie because, honestly, I really don't know. <laughs> All right, so. Background. Get a Clue is a 2002 Disney Channel original movie. It first premiered on June 28, 2002, and it was directed by Maggie Greenwald. And we got another female director. Woo! I'm excited about that because I feel like we don't get enough female directors. Yeah, so this is really exciting. Um, This is also the only DCOM she ever directed. So she's another just one and done. So sad. But, like, she made a good movie. Yes, it's so good. Honestly, this this was one of my favorites today, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, as far as our cast goes, we have, of course, the one, the only, Lindsay Lowen <laughs> as our main character, Lexi Gold. Excuse me. Uh, bless you. Yes, we have Lindsay Lowen as Lexi Gold, our main character, and, you know, Lindsay Lowen, who we all apparently learned just recently we've been saying her name wrong all these years. I'm so sorry for all the times that I pronounced it, quote-unquote, Lohan. Yeah, because, like... Yeah. Well, it's like, that's how we were always told... We were always heard it as Lohan. But then she made that TikTok, and she said Lindsay Lowen, and we're like, oh... Oh, okay. Well, we didn't know. We're sorry, Lindsay. We're sorry. No, truly, because, like, I'm honestly shocked she did a decom because, like, was Parent Trap her first movie? Yeah, I think, yeah, it was her, at least her breakthrough. Yeah, so, like, because she started with Parent Trap, and then, like, this, this movie is, like, right between, you know, Parent Trap and then, like, Mean Girls and um 
Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen and all that. So it's like, when I think Lindsay Lohan, I always just think, you know, big budget movies. I don't think, oh, right, she was probably, she was in a decom. So like, to have her just here, it's like, wow, we're being graced by like a true star. Wasn't she in like another decom too, though? I feel like she was in at least two, but maybe yeah, I could I be like totally wrong. I don't think so. I think it's just, I think it's just this. Oh, no, you're right. I was thinking of Life Size, and that's definitely not a decom. No, that's like, uh, I think that's like an ABC thing. Gotcha. You know, like, which, that's another iconic Lindsay Lohan role, though. Her and Tyra Banks. Did you, oh, yeah. did you see they made, they made a sequel to Life Size? I heard about it. I never really checked into it, but I did hear about it. Yeah, but it's like, okay, so it's, Lindsay didn't come back for it, but Tyra Banks did. So it's basically now Tyra's character from the original teaming up with a new girl. But it's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, it's just not the same. It's not the same because, like, the original life size is iconic. It's it's amazing. Honestly, though. Yeah, because, like, but yeah, anyway, Lindsay Lohan, you know, she's had this amazing career. You know, Parent Trap, Freaky Friday, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, Mean Girls. I mean... Not to be that person, but I think possibly Mean Girls is probably her most iconic work. Yeah, honestly, I love Mean I feel like it's everyone's most iconic work. I think Rachel was that, like, Rachel really, McAdams? Yeah, Year is the Notebook for Rachel McAdams. Like, yeah, another. it was, it was, yeah, it was the year of Rachel McAdams. She had this and the Notebook in the same year, and it's like, dang, girl, get it. Everybody knew after, what, 2004, who Rachel McAdams was? Truly. I mean, you know, everyone says this was a cultural reset. No, Mean Girls was the cultural reset, because, like, I swear everyone, at least once in their lives, quotes something from Mean Girls. Yes. Mean Girls is amazing. Like, my boyfriend had never watched it when we first started dating, and I'm pretty sure I made him watch it. Not, like, made him, but, like strongly suggested that we should watch it together and he did but um i'm like how have you never seen mean girls like God, i feel like everyone's seen mean girls i mean it's so big it like it, they even made a broadway musical out of it yeah it's got so good anyway we love Which, I really lo we love lizzie lowen we're excited to have her here um next up we have the other queen brenda song as jennifer lexi's best friend She's back again. This is her second decom now. You know, we first saw her back in Ultimate Christmas Present, but she's back again. And, you know, she's a little older now, but she's still not quite the age that she was when, like, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody started, and I, note, and I made a note of that. So this is her little middle transition between her first appearance on Disney Channel and then, like, the thing that made her a big Disney name, you know? Yeah. I love Brenda's song too just another absolute queen and I also mm -hmm. can't believe um she and god what is his name Macaulay Culkin. Oh, Macaulay Culkin yeah have a kid like wild it's like Kevin McAllister got lost in New York and found the Tipton yeah pretty much even though I think that it was in but whatever yeah it's in Boston but still you know it, it, it was implied there was world basically so they you were know multiple. yeah it was a chain i mean i mean they even had a cruise ship for crying out loud right exactly God, which that's so wild 
Yeah, and obviously we'll talk more about that once we get to the Sweet Life movie, but yeah, that that was crazy. Yeah, she's wonderful, though, too. A true queen. Truly. Um, Next up we have, I'm not making this name up, I swear, Bug Hall as Jack. He's the editor of the school newspaper, and also Lindsay, Lexi's, um, you know, required love interest, because of course. Right, because of course she has to have a love interest. That was the one part of this movie where I'm like, they could have had a good dynamic without that, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but Bug Hall, if you don't know, actually, um, actually, Kate, have you ever seen The Little Rascals, the movie? I have. Um, yeah, that he was Alfalfa. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, I had no idea about that, but it's been forever since I've seen Little Rascals, too, so. Yeah, but so, yeah, he was Alfalfa, and now he's here as Jack. Um, we have Ian Gomez as Mr. Walker, who's a very central character in this movie. We'll get more of that when we get into the plot, because, you know, don't want to get spoilers just yet. Sweet. We have, sorry, okay, I'm probably going to butcher this name. Ali Mukadam as Gabe. Um, he's the, like, the fourth member of the group who's, like, really into, like, video uh uh filming and you know video cameras and all that we have dan let as frank gold that's lexi's father we have amanda Plummer as mrs as miss dawson who's another big central character in this plot um we have oh yes once again a returning face charles oh god i'm gonna mess this name up too sauce nessie um as detective charles we who Kate, did you recognize him immediately when he showed up? No. Where was he from? Um, he was the vampire that from Mom's Gotta Date for, with a Vampire. Oh my god, he was. He was. You're not wrong. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, he showed up and I went, oh my god, the vampire is back. That's that's wild. Um, he's also most known as Mr. Sheffield from The Nanny, another iconic show, which I love. I love The Nanny. Yes. Um, I've heard very good things about The Nanny. I've never seen it, though. Oh, it's great. I love it. Um, then we have Jennifer Pisana as Taylor Gold, who's Lexi's little sister, who we're going to have to talk a bit about when we get into this movie because her personality is really interesting yeah it is very um like she's a she's very nerdy obsessed with spy stuff it's she's quirky she's quirky she's quirky you know and actually i'm looking on this list i'm looking on this list and i don't actually see the they didn't list uh lexi's mom which is really weird but i guess not really because Lexi's mom's not really a character in this movie. Yeah. Anyway, but that's our cast list. So, oh, Kate. Cool. Um, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just realized Ian Gomez. Okay. I should have said this when you said something, but like, I just, when you, but like, I watched my um, Big Fat Greek Wedding like right after I watched this, and I was like, oh my God, that's the same guy. Um, oh my gosh, really? Yeah, there's like not like the not like the main character in my big fat Greek wedding, but like the main character, like 
the per- the husband in my big gra- my big fat Greek wedding's best friend is the same guy who plays Orlando Walker. Which is wild. Oh my and gosh, that's that's wild. Just another connection that I just like randomly thought of. Anyway, we'll get we'll move on. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool, though. But, yeah, so, that's our cast. So, Kate, do you have any history with this one? I don't. I've only heard good things. I understand why after watching it, but I don't have any history with it. How about you, Jake? Um, I know it existed. I feel like I didn't, I never watched it, but when I, and this may just be because of, like, um, just like public knowledge it's like when i heard this like the name get a clue for some reason i thought it was like somehow related to the board game clue even though that has a separate movie that like came out of theaters and stuff honestly that's totally so i thought it was like is this like the so i'm like is this like the teen version of clue and then like it kind of is but kind of not yeah that's that's wild yeah no but that makes total mm-hmm. sense i feel like i i feel like that's like honestly somewhat a reasonable assumption yeah i know i know i had lindsay lowen and actually at first i thought the plot was she was literally solving like a murder case i didn't realize it was just a missing person but i thought she was literally like her and her classmates were gonna like solve a murder or something that would that would be too hardcore for the disney channel too much too hardcore they can't handle murder most foul yeah they really can't What's that line from? Is that from something really classical? I can't remember, to be honest with you. I know it's familiar. I just don't like, know. If uh, yeah, I'm like, wait, is that thing? I. Um, but I will say, yeah, this uh, this movie pretty good i will say um if you ever just want to be flashed back to 2002 fashion watch this movie yeah seriously the fashion choices were interesting like we were um god we were only how old in 2002 so we weren't really too conscious for the fashion trends but also like the two the early 2000s lasted to like 2008 probably but still it's like dang this like took me back i'm like yeah remember when everyone like dressed like this it was crazy the nostalgia um yeah that's that is crazy um yeah i we were very young in 2002 like four five ish um Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's I I still feel like I could remember the fashion trends, and like you said, I think that's because a lot of these trends still went through like maybe even upwards of 2010. But yeah, it's still it's still I feel like this strong nostalgia, but also a sense of like why was this ever in fashion? Exactly. Yeah. Um. So anyway, when I get into this plot. Absolutely, let's do it. All right, so we open on B-roll of New York City. We're back in New York, everyone. After one movie away, we're back. But unlike Cadet Kelly, we're going to stay in New York this whole movie. Yes. 
which is like so early 2000s. And yeah, I actually, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a sucker for movies set in New York. So, <laughs> I mean, I literally texted you, like, would our lives have been a lot more interesting if we were lived in New York? Probably. I feel like New York's just a super interesting place. Like, every time I go, I'm never bored. It's just, there's, there's yeah. something to do. There's just always something going on. Which, I understand why there was this fascination with it, especially in, like, the 1990s and, like, early 2000s. But, yeah, it is wild that, like, as I'm we like, brought up before, everything seemed to be set in New York during that period. Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, we open up on B foot B roll New York. You know, we're going through. We're seeing Manhattan, the Upper East Side. You know, it's awesome. And then we cut to, um, well, actually, while this is all going, we get the song, which I guess is like, I'm not sure if it was existed or it's a song made for the movie, but it's like, you know, it's kind of like the theme song for the movie because it's got the phrase "get a clue" in it, and it's really fun. <laughs> but it's also very early 2000s, like pop rock. Yes, it's very just stereotypical of the time period that we're in. Mm-hmm. We've got two um, bedroom, one Lexi Gold. She's got like this huge bed, she's got like these clothes everywhere. She's got a chair that's shaped like a high heel. It's great. Yeah, you can tell right away that she's a little bit wealthy. Just a little bit. And she's sleeping in her bed. She's got a sleeping mask, which I'm very much convinced only rich people use because I've never known anyone to use a sleeping mask. That, like, you know, the one that just goes over your eye. That is totally fair. But I actually, I think I have one. Where is it? I had one. But I, oh, here it is. But it's not fancy. I have this. It looks like, I know no one can see it on the podcast. It's like panda eyes. And... <laughs> And I have this because I don't have it for everyday sleepwear. I have this for road trips because my parents are road trip people and I enjoy sleeping in the car. So I do own one, but I do not use it regularly. But we do love some panda. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm that I get that. But like using it just for normal sleep, I'm like, that's a rich person thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So bougie. Yeah, so she wakes up, and then she immediately puts on some big um, headphones that are, like, personalized, and she immediately, like, does she pick up the phone or does she get on the computer? I think she picks up the phone first and then runs to the computer, but basically she has Skype before Skype is a thing. Literally, though, because, like, she calls Jennifer, who's Brenda Song, to wake her up, and they get on... Early 2000 Skype somehow, and they're trying to pick out their outfits for the day because you know they're fashionistas. You know they, they got a fashion. Yes, so they have to make sure that everything is you know on trend. Literally, but I want to point out. Well, this is. Hey, did you notice the song they were? I did not. Um. It, it was if Cupid had a heart. Oh my god. That is iconic. Well, because 
our era of Disney Channel, we know that song from Hannah Montana. Yes. I literally did not realize that. That's that's wild. That makes me want to yeah. go check it out and like see. Because I did not notice that. Wow. Because yeah, for those of you those of you not informed, in Hannah Montana, uh, Selena Gomez played a character who was like Hannah Montana's nemesis. <laughs> what was her name? Like Michaela, I think. Yeah. And like in the first thing, if Cupid had a heart. But now I'm like, oh, so that wasn't even an original song for her. That was just, they just took an existing one. Yeah, they just took an old one that they thought nobody would remember and revamped it. So sad. But literally, they, yeah, but they literally used it in a decom prior. Whew. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Good catch, though. Oh, I noticed it right away. I'm like, wait a minute. That is a really good catch. Yeah. So they get ready, and we go out to breakfast at the ta- at the di- uh, t- dining room table, and we meet Lexi's family. We got dad, we got mom, we got little sister wearing these weird glasses, which I guess they're like spy glasses or something. Because we learn later on, like her little sister's whole thing is she likes spy gadgets, I guess. Yes, which becomes instrumental down the road. It's like it's an interesting to give to the character, but all right. Um, we also learn like going away on a business trip for the weekend is the only scene mom goes up in. She's not gonna come back at all. We you want to point out to alive parents. Yeah, it's uh, we had to get her out of the picture quick. Yeah, I don't know. We also, it's weird. We also see the housekeeper because, yep, they're that they're that wealthy, everyone. They have a housekeeper. Not only do they have a housekeeper, she, like, serves them food, if I remember correctly, too. Like, it's very, very upper class. Yeah, definitely. And we learned that the dad is a reporter. Is he a reporter for the Times or, like, the Post? I think it was the Times. I could be wrong, though. Yeah. Yeah, but either way, yeah. So we learn he's a bi- he's a reporter for like the one of the biggest newspapers in the country, and um, we see that apparently Lexi actually is trying to be a reporter too, and that she submitted an article to like the student column at like uh, I don't remember the newspaper. It wasn't the Times, but it was something else. Um, and her dad points it out. He's like, "Oh, I see your article got published in the paper," and she's like, "Oh, really?" And learned she she. Calls it a human interest piece, but really it's kind of more like gossip. But we learn that Lexi does not like being told that she basically just writes gossip columns. Yeah, she she feels like that invalidates her work somehow, and in reality, that's what she writes. Well, because yeah, because the the article in question, she says it's about the special friendship. Between one uh two teachers at her school miss dawson and mr walker like she's kind of invading on their space and like reported that they were having a relationship yeah which is definitely not cool like as a teacher i'd be pretty dang upset or having- yeah especially 
Yeah. Yeah, no, because it's like, yeah, that's pretty much invading personal boundaries and stuff. And, like, she still ran it. She still sent it, and it got published. So, like, okay. And, you know, her dad's congratulating her. He's like, you know, you're on your way to becoming a reporter of your, uh, like, on your own marriage and stuff. And she's like, oh, thanks. So then they go to school, and we get this amazing montage of all these 2002 kids and their 2002 fashion walking to school in New York City. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, um, very, very stereotypical of the times. Definitely, I'm like, gossip girl. <laughs> exactly, exactly those vibes. Truly. So we get to school, and um, this is when Lexi meets up with Jennifer, and, you know, Jennifer, she's got her outfit. She's also got her pink, like, fake highlights. It's beautiful. It's so 2002. And when they're at school, pretty much everyone's congratulating Lexi on getting her article in the paper, which I'm like, would everyone know that? Because, like, teenagers in 2002, were they reading the newspaper? I don't know. I feel like I read the newspaper. I'm, like, our hometown newspaper. But when I was a kid, but also that was pre-cell phones, and it was good toilet material, like, for just being real. <laughs> So maybe right. that's what I found um, out. I mean, I read the cart. I read the cartoons when when they got the cartoons, you know, <laughs> the, yeah. the comic strips. I loved going to the cartoons. Good times. It's like ah, uh, it's like ah, uh, yes. Um, but yeah, everyone's congratulating her. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, she did so good. This is also how we're supposed to learn that Lex Wheeler is because she gets along with everyone. Yep. She is pretty. Mm -hmm. And that's. She's pretty popular, and that's when we first meet. Uh, that's when we also first get introduced to. Uh, sorry, Gabe, who is you know the the person with the camera. He's like trying to get an interview with Lexi. He's like, "How do you get the scoop? How'd you do it?" And she's like, "There's no secret. I'm just you know a good reporter." And then we also meet her. Um, newspaper editor Jack who we clearly see right out the bat does not really care much for Lexi's form of reporting right yeah because um yeah he's the editor of the paper and we actually learned that the reason Lexi even submitted her article the actual newspaper that run it in the school newspaper yeah, so there's something going on there. Yeah, and we'll part of the movie. Um, also, where we meet Mr. Walker. Everyone's also impressed that she was able to get a picture of him because he's very well known to not like having his pictures taken. Apparently, he doesn't even get his picture sent in for the yearbook. And we learned that the reason Lexi even got a, the photo to go over their article is because she used one of her little sister's cameras that can apparently take pictures from a, around a corner or something. Um, but this is important to know because this is kind of what sets all the events of the movie into motion. Yeah. So, first of all, I wonder how she could get that camera installed. Like... They never go into it, but I do wonder. I'm like, girl, what lengths did you have to go to to not get expelled? 
Yeah, it's um, it's weird. <laughs> but anyway, so we're in class now, and apparently it's career week. This is not a this is not an important plot point, but it's here um, because we need to learn a little bit more about um, Miss uh, Dawson. So she explains, you know, it's career week, so we're gonna have people come in and talk about the careers, and literally the first person they bring in is apparently a CIA operative. <laughs> Yeah, which is like, uh, and they make it sound like almost boring. I'm like, that would be so cool. They're like, yeah, it's, like, it's yeah, like, you know, operative is like exciting, but it's super lonely. I'm like, okay, cool, way to focus on the positive. Literally, it's weird. So then that's a weird little plot point. So now we're in the newspaper, uh, the newspaper room at the school. We also also part of the newspaper. Yes. But apparently, like, like official spot on the paper she runs. So you know, she's basically dear Abby. Yep. So she's she's just you know advice gossip. Like she doesn't really cover quote unquote hard news. Yeah, because like she gets a email and it's like, what? How do I tell my friend like that I'm upset with them without hurting their feelings or something? And she goes, well, you just got to be honest. And then go buy yourself a new purse. That'll make you feel better. And, you know, Jack's just, like, kind of rolling his eyes because I think he thinks, like, like Lexi doesn't really care about journalism. But, like, that's not really true. It seems like she has some kind of genuine interest in it. It's just the way she does it. It's not, like, the heartbreaking news that, like, I guess he wants to report about. Yeah. It's the fluff pieces, so to speak. And I say that out of, like, full respect. But... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still journalism, but still. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So then the newspaper teacher, I guess, that's what we call him, um, yeah. everyone around to have their little weekly meeting and congratulating Lexi for getting into, like, the real newspaper. And they're all like, yeah, it's so great. And then he says, now your editor is going to have some, going to say some words. Um, the... Jack, uh, Jack's like, oh, I am? And he kind of just goes, yeah, you know, yeah, you really did a good job. He doesn't really care, because he's like, I, I don't want to, like, encourage her way of journalism because he doesn't like it. Yeah. Yeah, he's like... And that's like, when Lexi goes... Oh, God. No, no, you go on. Oh, I was just going to say, like, he he's very much over... Um, her getting to shine over what he views as, like, I mean, I think he is jealous of her accomplishment, but he doesn't feel like she deserved it. Yeah. And that's when Lexi goes, well, you know, Jack, if it wasn't for the fact that you would ref that you refused to run my article in the school newspaper, that's why I sent it to the actual newspaper. So she, like, kind of gets the last word in. Yeah. So then we cut to the hallway, or I guess the staircase, because the school is apparently several stories but um lexi's walking up the stairs but then she hears a conversation between miss dawson and mr walker and apparently they are breaking up <gasps> Ooh, saucy saucy so she overhears this and mr walker goes i'm sorry miss dawson but i never loved you actually and she's like how could you be like this and then ends with her going well it looks like one of us is gonna have to leave this school but it's not gonna be me and then they walk off dramatically, and Lexi's like, whoa. Da, da, da. 
and like it's like wow this like this really just kind of um and Lexi Amelia's like oh no is my article the reason for this which she had you know reason to be concerned but she also yeah. doesn't seem like too phased by it not yet at least cut to the next day and we we just literally see a bunch of police officers apparently pulling a car out of the river yeah which is not like sketch at all no 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 um so then we um go come back to Lexi's ha- uh, apartment and her dad wakes her up and she tells he tells her that um Mr Walker has been reported missing that they found his car in like the bottom of like I don't know a lake I guess this morning and they're like they didn't find a body so he's not dead but he is pre- but he is being pronounced missing and like she's like oh no oh no 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 yeah so then she asked her dad um have you ever written an article that ended up affecting things in real life and he's like yeah but you know that's journalism and he goes like what you got to do and she starts her some journalism advice he says if you have a hunch follow the hunch and that's what Lee likes to be like all right i'm gonna invest investigate the disappearance of my teacher yep and so that's a good idea um clearly his, her dad kind of gets like she doesn't tell her dad but you can tell he kind of starts to suspect something yeah, she's like, but he's like, but also like, you know, you're a child, like, don't try and investigate this kind of thing. Yeah, she's like, oh, I won't. <laughs> wink. <laughs> yeah. Wink. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And then they go back to go back to school, and you know, there's like police and stuff and reporters all over because they, you know, they want to get the scoop. They want to know what happened. And um, during class, Miss Dawson. No, not Miss Dawson, not yet at least. Lexi gets pulled out to be questioned by a detective. Um, and she basically says, Okay, so I kind of wrote this article about Mr. Walker and Miss Dawson. It looks like they had a relationship, but then yesterday I overheard them breaking up, and she tells them what Miss Dawson said at the end about how like someone's gotta leave the school, but it won't be her. And because of this, Miss Dawson then gets brought into for questioning, and this is what really gets Lexi to be like, like all right. I gotta figure out what happened because there's no way Miss Dawson did anything to Mr. Walker. She wouldn't. She's not like that, right? So, is this is this the part where she like talks to her sister? And not quite yet. Now, okay. This is where she talks to Jack, and she Got gets them to agree. Like we gotta team up on this because she really wants to investigate it, but she knows she needs someone with a little bit more journalism skills than her. So she gets Jack to reluctantly agree to work with her. So they're going to like investigate together. Yeah. He's not happy about it at first, but he's like, fine, whatever. Like He'll do it because yeah. um, Lexi says, well, because if you really do care about Mr. Walker, you'll help me figure out what happened to him. And apparently him and Mr. Walker are pretty close. Yeah. So then for some reason, we have this weird scene where, like, uh, Lexi and Jennifer are shopping somewhere, and it really doesn't—it doesn't really do anything for the plot except it lets, it lets us know that Jennifer totally thinks that um, Lexi's only working with Jack because she likes him. Yep. Which is like, no, true. 
at least not now. She's like, no, no, this is strictly just like business. You know, we're going to investigate this together. And like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I feel like that entire scene was just to introduce that point into the reader's mind, or the reader, the the watcher's mind. Yeah. Now we cut back to Lexi's apartment, and this is when she talks to her little sister, because she wants to know where she get all this spy gear, because she wants some for her investigation. And her little sister, the spy store on the corner, which is just a thing they just, yeah, because of course it conveniently has to be a thing. But also in New York, that's not like incredibly unrealistic. I was going to say, in the, anything can exist in New York. True. So very true. I mean, I mean, they got to fill those buildings up with something. Honestly, though. Yeah, there's some weird stuff in New York. So anyway, kind of unrealistic, but also not really. Yeah, either way, so her and the spy store to get some equipment. There, they run into Jennifer and Gabe, who decided they want to help with the investment, mainly because um, Gabe says he wants to break the story first before, like, Diane Sawyer, and I'm like, honey, you're not gonna. You're, you're not gonna outdo Diane Sawyer, but, like, okay. God. Diane Sawyer's not dead, is she? I not, I literally don't know. Is that horrible? I'm gonna give her a Google. I'm like, wait. Like, I haven't heard about her in a little bit. I'm like, is she is she good? Is she doing she, all she right? Good? Yeah, she's alive. She's 76. You go, Diane Sawyer. Nice. But yeah, like in 2002, you know, she was all over the place. She was getting that news. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what they decide to do, they get some they get some spy equipment. And what they do is Gabe and Jennifer, because apparently Gabe lives across the street from Miss Dawson, they're going to set up a camera to spy on her to see if she does anything um, shady, because, you know, she's currently the number one suspect in Mr. Walker's disappearance. Um, and meanwhile, I believe... Uh, Jack and Lexi are going to go investigate Mr. Walker's house. You know, they're just going to walk into his place, see what's up. <laughs> right. Just, just oh. you know, go into the, like, that would happen in real life. This was a scene where I was like, okay, there's no way they would actually be able to get in in real life. Because, like, a disappeared person, no, the police would be all over that. Yeah, no, that's not. That's not right. But they learn, uh, Lexi learns that Mr. in, oh God, what was it? Because I know they're currently in Manhattan, but where did they have to go? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yes. It was Brooklyn. Yeah. And get a cab, access traffic's going to be too crazy today, we'll have to take the subway. Where we learn that despite apparently living in New York City her whole life, Lexi never used the subway. Which is crazy. I mean, I've used the subway in New York. Come on, Lexi. Yeah, and I even I actually wrote a note. I'm like, then they're going to reuse this plotline in the Cheetah Girls because wasn't that one of the Cheetah Girls like plotlines that one I, of them never used the subway? I think so because like all of the Cheetah Girls except one of them were rich. Yeah. 
but like she's so rich, she's never used the subway, and like part of her plot is she finally does it. Ooh, so and yeah, the subway. Yeah, um, Jack and Lexi take the subway to Brooklyn, and immediately Lexi notices that Brooklyn is not as wealthy or high end as uh, Manhattan. Yeah, she's like, "What is this?" They also pass by a homeless man. And who she notices is wearing the same as she puts an ugly green coat that Mr. Walker always used to wear. So she's like, that's suspicious. Yeah, she's like, oh. that's weird. Nobody in New York can have that coat, that same coat. And she sounds kind of crazy, but I guess she's right, as it turns out later. But like, yeah, but also, I'm just going to say right now, this homeless man plot line ends up being so wild at the end. Like, you just do not predict where it's going to go. Yeah, not at all. No. So anyway, uh, Jack and Lexi make their way to uh, Mr. Walker's place, and they literally just waltz, waltz in. It's not locked or anything. It should be noted, though, that apparently um, another faculty member of the school, Mrs. Stern, who I believe they said is the admissions officer, was seen leaving as they were arriving. So that puts her now on the suspect list of like, ooh, did she... Um, because we just got a list, you know. This is a good old who done it, right? So they just waltz in, no problem, and they just start searching the place, like you know, any two teenagers could do in a missing man's apartment. Yeah, because that's again so realistic. Totally. And while they're doing this, Gabe and Jennifer have set up the camera, and Miss Dawson isn't really doing much. She's nope. kind of like she does like like it does at one point she do like a workout. I was gonna say she does an exercise video and Jen's like, oh, I know this one, and then she does it alongside with her, like yeah, from, it's really yeah, it was funny. Yeah, but eventually, someone appears and well, not appears, but you know, um, arrives at Miss Dawson's apartment, and we learn it's another. Uh, school faculty member. It's Mr. Goldblum, who's actually the newspaper teacher. And he's brought flowers. So now Gabe and Jennifer are thinking, did he have something to do with it? Maybe they got he got rid of Mr. Walker so that he could have Miss Dawson, but we don't know yet. So now we have two new suspects on the list. We have Mr. Goldblum and Miss Stern. Yep. But while back at Mr. Walker's apartment, as Lexi is searching around. She like, she like opens like the bathroom mirror, you know, the little cabinet. And when she closes it, who just happens to appear behind her? Um, the detect the detective, right? Yeah, the the or as I said, um, in my notes, um, the detective. What did I say in my note? Oh no, in my notes I said, holy shit, it's the vampire. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Because it's the vampire, yeah, it's the guy who played the vampire. Mom's got a date with the vampire, but I'm like, oh my god, he's here. He's here. He's here, and he says he's a detective. He says he's Detective Meanie, and he's like, so what the heck are you two kids doing in this apartment? And they just kind of try to talk their way out of it, or she does. He, yeah. um, Jack's kind of a little bit more like apprehensive. Yeah, because um, as she's as Lexi's studying Detective Meanie, she makes notes of his clothes and his accessories. 
Um, but eventually Jack says, oh, we're just leaving, Kay, and then they run out of there. And Lexi notes that um, Detective Meaning was wearing a lot of expensive clothing and accessories to be a detective. And Jack's the first, like, how do you know that? And she's like, I know, like, authentic, fancy, like, fancy clothes anywhere. Plus he had, like, a really expensive watch, I think. Yeah, and Jack Jack doesn't think this matters at all. He's like, okay, whatever. So then they're like, all right, let's go back to my place. And Jack goes, actually, we could go to my place. It's right nearby. Yes, everyone, we learned that Jack lives in Brooklyn. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, so yeah. we go over to Jack's apartment and... Well, not really apartments. That's actually like a house on the like the street or something. Yeah, it's a nice like townhouse. It's very. It, the funny thing is, like they tr- almost make Jack out to be poor, but he's really not. He's just middle class. And just because Lexi is so rich and Jen is so rich, and like the people that he goes to school with are so rich, he's like poor by comparison. Yeah, so they go to his ha- his house, and the first thing Je- uh, Lexi notices is that his mom's home during the day. And he's like, yeah, my mom's a nurse. She usually works nights. And Lexi's also shocked to see that her, the, um, his mom is cooking, because apparently, because, you know, J- uh, the mom doesn't, you know, they got the housekeeper. And I wrote up my notes, she's learning about air- giant, massive air quotes, poor people. <laughs> Truly, that's what they make it seem like. Like, like they make it seem like Jack's, like, it's, like, so, like, poor and stuff. It's, like, if your family, your single-parent family can afford this townhouse in Brooklyn, it's, like, you're still doing pretty good. Because we do learn, this is a decom, so we need a dead parent somewhere. We learn that Jack's uh, dad is dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, we had to throw in a little um, emotional tidbit about Jack. Um, we also learn we also learn that he has an older brother who's currently in the Navy and he's stationed in Hawaii, which prompts Lexi to ask, oh, what's your favorite island? And Jack goes, I've never actually been to Hawaii. She's like, oof. <laughs> oof. I messed up. Yeah, so the reason they're here is because Jack informs Lexi that um, and Mr. Walker actually gave Jack his old computer, you know, his old 2002 computer with just massive monitor and stuff. <laughs> Which so they think. No, oh, go on. Now you go on. Oh, I was just going to say, which ends up being super useful because what do they find in the computer? Well, firstly, the craziest thing is they get, well, because they're going to try and search the computer for clues, but all of a sudden, um, Jack gets an email from Mr. Walker, but it was sent two days ago, and Mr. Walker went missing four days ago. And, like, that's such a huge slip. Like, honestly. Like, can you imagine knowing that you're a quote-unquote missing person, but then just sending emails? Yeah, well, because apparently it's a letter of recommendation for, because uh, apparently Jack's only going to this school in Manhattan on a scholarship, which I'm like, oh, it's a private school then? Because, like, why else would you need a scholarship to go to high school? Right, which would make sense, though, because, I like, mean, 
Lexi be rich. Yeah, but also, like, it didn't feel like a private school, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely had more of a public school feel. I'm only saying that because no one was wearing a uniform. That's totally true. We're we're, we're another stereotypes here. It's just, just, yeah, it's just another gossip girl thing because didn't they wear uniforms to the school there? I believe so. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I'm gonna say I haven't watched all of Gossip Girl, the original. I just know of it, and I haven't even like. I know there's also like, isn't there like a reboot out? Uh, yeah, I think there is a reboot out, but I never really watched it. I've, like, seen little tidbits here and there, but not. I should watch yeah, it. I just for good things, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just my thing. It's like, my my mind just goes, if they're not wearing uniforms, it's not a private school for some reason. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, so they get that email, but then jack like looks at like basically the about this mac for this computer and he learns the original owner of this computer is not orlando walker it is nicholas petrosian yes and so they're like "Ooh, that's interesting so very very interesting they look him up nicholas petrosian Yes, they reconvene with uh, Gabe and Jennifer, who inform them about Mr. Well, uh, Mr. Uh, what's his name? Gold. I, I want to say Goldblum. That's Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh, uh, Gold Goldblum. Yeah, it is Goldblum. That's okay. Yeah. Is that Goldblum? Okay. Am I just I guess. anyway? No, it's correct. So there, he's on their list now. But they tell them about Nicholas Petrosian. So yes, they look up Nicholas Petrosian, and they learn Nicholas Petrosian has been wanted since the '80s for like embezzlement yeah so apparently he was like a hedge fund manager or something like that he was kicking butt but then all of a sudden all these suddenly wanted for embezzlement yeah but then they learn nicholas petrosian has a mother who lives in new york yes so Oh, I was just going to say, they find the mom, and they decide to just show up at her place. Yeah, why not? They just knock on the door, and she answers, like, hey, are you Mrs. Petrosian? And she's like, no, sorry, I don't know who you're talking about. But then, who shows up right behind her? It's the missing person, quote-unquote. So, Walker um, has been hiding out at his mom's house. Yeah, so he and he just like reveals himself right away too. It's there's like no build up. He's just like let him in, mom. And I was well, this like, is also like, is this like isn't this like the hour mark or like close enough to the hour mark? Yes, I believe so. So like, come, we gotta wrap up. We gotta wrap up quick, people. Yeah. So he's just like, yeah, let him in, mom. Like they were good students or whatever. Like honestly, I would not be trusting thirteen-year-olds if I was him. But like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and so. We get the she, backstory of Nicholas Petrosian. Yep. yep. So they let they the I cannot talk. The mom lets them in, and then. Mr. Walker goes on this, like, rant about how he was framed and how he did not steal any money, but he can't prove it. And then somebody 
was like following him for the longest time and he thought that he lost him but alas that did not happen yeah uh, yeah so we learn is that yeah so mr walker is actually nicholas petros in the 80s but then suddenly all of a sudden a bunch of money was put in like an account in his name to which the point where then he was accused of embezzlement but you know he knows he was framed he can't prove it so he went on the run but he always felt like someone was following him and the only way he was able to chase the lose him was to fake his own death and he did that and he came and he took on the identity of orlando walker but then once lexi's article with the picture was um published he felt that someone was following him again and he knew that the person who framed him back in the 80s has caught up to him so that's the story with mr walker but he and i'm like and i'm like this is a decom yes and also the fact too that he just reveals it to lexi and jack with like no reservations i'm like okay but he's totally willing to team up with them to try to catch whoever is framing him. Yeah, because he reveals a letter. Um, it's kind of smudged, but he said um, basically like he says the reason he broke up with Miss Dawson is because he wanted to keep her safe because he knew whoever was framing him would go after her. And we learned that he actually really does love he loves Miss Dawson and like they their relationship is very genuine, which is so cute. Like, honestly. Oh, no, yeah. And it's great. Like, if this was the only romance in the movie, that would have been fine. Yes, I, I, I'm totally down for Miss Dawson and Mr. Walker. Like, we love them. But, um, yeah. yeah, so he got this note from whoever is following him. Like, I know who you are. Meet me at this hotel. But they can't figure out what hotel it is because the ink is smudged. Yeah, so then, because the craziest little part of the movie basically lexi takes the note to her little sister and her little sister performs this whole procedure with like what like black light and like i want to say nail polish and sand and like what's happening yeah it, her, her little sister is utilizing all of the spy skills that she has learned and not been able to put to use and i'm just like okay and they reveal the name of the hotel um, I don't remember it, but like it's the name of the hotel, and they want want to meet with Mr. Walker at two p.m. on Saturday. So they come up with the brilliant idea of they're gonna have um, the kids. So Lexi, Jack, Jennifer, and Gabe are gonna go with Mr. Walker to the hotel to try and catch the person who's framed him. And like they go full on, like you know, Mission Impossible. They're wearing like all black. They got all their spy gear ready. It's crazy. Yes, they're, like, totally in character. But it's funny because I honestly thought that made them seem so obvious, which I, I'm sure was part of the point, but... Yeah, but, and, like, yeah, and they get to the hotel, and, like, there's, like, multiple events happening at this hotel on the same day for some reason, and, like, there's, like, this little hotel restaurant. She sees them walking black, and they're, like, I think those kids are up to something. Like, yeah. yeah, a group of kids wearing all black. Yeah, so there's, like, this tea going on for um, primarily older ladies, it seems. And then 
Who walks yeah. into the hotel? Like several people walk into the hotel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they get Mr. Walker gets in position and everyone gets ready to like, you know, catch the guy. But then all of a sudden we learn that one, Lexi's dad is there for like this press conference. But then Mr. S- Mrs. Stern shows up, but so does Mr. Goldblum, and so does Miss Dawson, and so does Mr. Walker's mom. And so does the homeless guy with his coat. I know. It's so like, it's wait, what's happening? Everybody. Every suspect we've gained over the course of this movie is here, even if they don't have a good reason to be here. Yeah. So. But then... The final, the final piece of the puzzle walks into the hotel, and who is it? It's the detective dude. Yes, and we learn right away that he is not who he says he is either. He is actually Mr. Walker's boss from all the way back in the 80s, and he's the person who framed him for the embezzlement. Granville. Yes, his real name. And I'm like, oh my god. I mean, I feel like that's a good twist because you didn't know. Yeah, it was a really good twist. I would not have guessed him. Yeah, so Grand Rail, Granville is revealed, and he sits with Mr. Walker, and he's like, I know you still have what I want, and I want it back. And Mr. Walker's really like, what are you talking about? I literally do not have the money. You're the one who framed me. And he's like, don't play dumb. I know you still have what I want. And he's like, I literally don't know. And then, like, eventually, I think he, like, somehow it gets revealed that Mr. Walker's, like, basically wired into the kids, and this causes Granville to start to run, and the kids literally start a chase sequence after him. Yeah, Granville realizes that Walker's bugged, but he doesn't realize that it's, like, children. Not the police. Yeah, not the police. So he, like, takes off, and... But the kids lose him at one point. They don't know if he went upstairs or downstairs. Yes, yeah, so Lexi and Jack go downstairs, and Jennifer and Gabe go upstairs. So then there's just this whole running sequence where, like, we see the kids running, we see Granville running. At some point, we see the homeless man being chased by, like, hotel security. We also see Mr. Dawson, Walker's mom at some point. It's weird. It's wild. But are on the right trail because they end up in the basement boiler room with Granville but like doesn't he like start turning on like these steam like steam things yeah which I'm like I don't okay like I I don't feel like that's very realistic but whatever yeah I don't know he's just trying to escape um at one point he does get um Lexi gets her like bracelet caught on like one of the valves it's about to go off and like shoot her in the face with like hot steam i guess this lets granville escape but then jack grabs some like nearby like pliers or something and breaks bracelet and they run off trying to catch him again and as they do that she's like oh my gosh thank you so much jack and she kisses him on the cheek because of course yes because we needed some more romance not like we needed some we needed some teenage romance you know some 2002 decom stereotypical teenage romance. Mm, beautiful, my favorite. <laughs> yes, truly. We, um, all, we all love that. Not really, but, and, you know. Yeah, and this is where I noted, we have 12 minutes left in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what ends up happening is Lexi and Jack, they start hearing noises coming from, I guess, this basement 
girl's bathroom. <laughs> and like he's like, um, you stay out here. I'm going to go investigate. And who does she find in the bathroom? She finds Miss Dawson, who apparently came for a free spa day. Allegedly. And she's like tied up. Yeah. Yeah, it's like somebody like kidnapped her, but then just left her. Well, yeah, because she's like tied up and like her mouth covered. And yeah. Lexi saves her. And she's like, um, I'm going to have to like leave you right here for right now because we got to go fight, uh, chase this dude. So they run back off. And then they all end up back in the lobby. They've lost Grandville. But um, as Lexi and Jack are making their way to the lobby, they pass this um, press conference that Lexi's dad's at. And this is where they wrap up the homeless man subplot because um, apparently he was not a homeless man at all. No, he was like a politician or something masquerading as a homeless man to see what the experience yeah, he was doing that. Uh, I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. So he's like, apparently, like somebody gave me this coat off of their back or something like that. It's showing. And, it's, um, and it was Miss. Yeah. Yeah, showing that there is kind people in the world because Mr. Walker gave him the coat off his back. I don't, I don't know. All it really does for that, all that scene really does is that it gets the dad to realize that Lexi's at the hotel too. Yeah. And then they reconvene back in the lobby and they're like, we lost him. And the security comes up and is like, what are you kids doing? And um, uh, Mr. Walker's mom actually sat down at the little restaurant before they got there and like, oh, you know, we're just having lunch with our grandma. So they all sit with the um, Mrs. Walker, and they pretend that, you know, they're having, you know, lunch with Grandma. And then yeah. Lexi puts on these special glasses that can apparently let you see behind you somehow. And she learns that somehow Granville didn't just leave the hotel. He's still there. And so he, they, he, she comes up with this, like, scheme to stop him. So she tells Jack to stop him and what Jack does he notices these two chefs bringing out this giant cake we don't know what it's for it's just a giant cake because why not this yeah. is a decom we all know where this is going but you know we don't need to be worried about the couple who's getting married like they're not they're not a plot point <laughs> no because what Jack does is he pushes like one of the little like serving carts into the table carrying the cake and it they have it fall over and of course who does it land on Granville and then Granville gets caught. But... Yeah, because I guess somebody... When... So, the somehow the police are, like, there, and they're apprehending him. But then we find out, like, um, Mr. Walker's mom, or Petrosian's mom, or who, however you categorize him, is like, you did this to my son, I'm so glad to see that you're caught, yada, yada, yada. And what do we find out she has? Well, firstly, yes, they finally catch Granville after, like, how many decades? <laughs> but then they say they're going to have to still arrest Mr. Walker because he still has the embezzlement charge against him. But, yes, that's yeah. when Lexi realizes Mrs. Petrosian, I guess now, has this, like, brooch. And she realizes that's an authentic, like, ivory diamond or something. There's only, like, 30 of them, and they're worth, like, a lot of money. And what Mrs. Petrosian reveals is that the day her son was accused of embezzlement, she found this brooch on the floor of the bank he worked at. And she's like, oh, I was going to try and return it, but then my son had to go on the run, so I never was able to go back to the bank. 
And that's when Lexi makes the conclusion that Granville took the money and in order to keep it from like being in an account, he bought that brooch with it. And that's what he wanted. That's why he was following Mr. Walker because he was convinced he took the brooch. Yes, which is very elaborate, but he like Granville admits to it right away. He's like, I thought you stole it. It's like, no, no, it's just his mom picked it up. And he's like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. And so this causes um, Mr. Walker to no longer have the embezzlement charges. So now Granville's just going to go to jail for a real long time. And yeah. so, you know, the case is solved. And Lexi's dad walks up and is like, wait, Lexi, what's going on? She's like, oh, it's a long story. So then we cut to, I don't know how long afterwards, but Lexi's sitting on a bench with Miss um, Dawson. And she's just like, um, because they're looking at the article that got ended up running about Lexi and her friends solving this, like, decades-old crime. And he's like, thank you so much. You know, um, Mr. Walker's a free man now because of you. And what ends up happening? What ends up happening between Mr. Walker and Miss Dawson? They get married. Yay! Yeah, we cut to their wedding. I want to point out something, though. Mr. Walker's wearing a top hat at his wedding. He is. And they cut to them, their wedding and them leaving their wedding, actually. And as they're going, the two newlyweds plus Mr. Walker's mom hop into <laughs> the carriage, which is kind of funny. And they live happily ever after. But then we cut to a little bit of discussion between um, the kids. Yeah, so as they ride off into the sunset, Lexi... Um, Gabe, Jennifer, and Jack kind of have their little, you know, conclusion. We learned that, you know, Lexi, like, because of her article, you know, she's feeling really good about her journalism. We learned her and Jack are pretty close now. I don't think they specify if they're dating officially or not, but, like, I'm, I assume they are. Yeah. Um, and we learn that Lexi has actually gotten Jack a little gift. Yes. Yes, she did. <laughs> Yeah, she because she learned that he likes to go he likes to go bowling, and at first she's like disgusted because like doesn't that mean you wear other shoes that other people have worn? Yeah. But um, she in the end here gives him a custom pair of bowling shoes. She says she found them in an antique store and then put her own little spin on them. So you know that's a fun little cap. And they say, like, you know, maybe one time we should all go bowling together. And then there's a little joke at the end where Jennifer's like, you want me to wear shoes that other people have worn? And Lexi goes, Jennifer, after all we've been through, I think we can get through that. So it's like, you know, after all this craziness, uh, Lexi's learned to appreciate the less finer things in life, I guess. Yes. And, that and that's is where our movie ends. Yes, that is get a clue. So, Kate... What's your final thoughts in your ranking of this one? I really like this one, Jake. Like, I never watched it. I have no nostalgic value attached to it other than Brenda Song and Lindsay Lohan because Queens. Um, mm -hmm. But I thought it was really well done, you know, for a DCOM. Um, I felt like, you know, the plot was pretty solid. It was really engaging. I think I'm going to go ahead and give it, like, we're going to give it, like, an eight and a half. Maybe, you know, an 8.6. I'm going to bring it above an 8.5 because I thought it was really well done. Um, but, yeah, Jake, how about you? 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I love this one. This one was a fun watch. It was a good time. You know, I love the good, you know, whodunit, you know. This was really fun. It was very much 2002, though, like the fashion, just the the technology, the lingo. It's like, oh, my God. But, you know, it was a fun time. I didn't, unlike some of our other DCOMs, I wasn't, like, check actively checking how much time was left. I was like, I'm just having a fun time. This is great. Um, Honestly, you know what? I think I'm going to give this one an 8.5 out of 10. Yes. So we're, we're, we're pretty much on par there for get a clue. Yeah, it was, I agree. There are, there have been decoms where I'm like, okay, how much le- uh, left do I have to watch? But no, this is one that like you sit through, you have a good time, like highly recommend if you're just in a nostalgic mood. Definitely. All right. So what is our next decom, Jake? All right. So now that we finished get a clue, Kate. Um, I think you're going to really enjoy this next one, too. I know I enjoy this one. Um, Next up, we will be watching the 2002 Disney Channel original movie, Gotta Kick It Up. Ooh, I know of it. I don't know if I saw it or not. Um, This one has, like, um, I believe, um, yes, um, America Ferreira is in this one. You know, America Ferreira. Um, a lot of people will know her best as Ugly Betty. I know I loved Ugly Betty. I love that show. Um, I know she was also in the sitcom Superstore, which I've seen clips of. And as someone who used to work in like a you know store environment, I'm like, oh, I remember this. I remember all this. Good times, or not really. But... Yeah, but yes. So next episode, we'll be watching Gotta Kick It Up, which I'm excited for. But now, Kate. Since we've reached the end of the podcast, where can our lovely listeners find you on social media? Our listeners can find me on social media at kvrandom on Instagram and at kvrandom Ra- on Instagram, kvrandom on Twitter. Oh, I still have to, my, I've been locked out of my Twitter for a hot sec, so I got I, I to gotta get back into that. Um, but how about you, Jake? Um, yeah, so our listeners can find me on Twitter at JakeBlue98. You can find me on Instagram at JakeBlueArt. And as a little heads up, um, I am planning uh, kind of to officially, like, start reusing my Instagram again. I kind of just stopped using it for a while. Now I'm officially going like, to get back into posting from school that I haven't done yet. I've even find myself a fun little profile picture, the drawn one that I'm going to update with. So that was fun to be on the lookout for that. You know, this summer, the Instagram is coming back and it's going to be better than it was. Yes. I'm so excited to see some of your like artwork and your final projects on there. Definitely. Um, now, as far as the podcast goes, you can follow us on Twitter at T S O S N podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram at something new pod. We also have, an email if you guys want to ever use that our email is start something new podcast at gmail.com um if you're listening to this on apple uh, go ahead and leave a rating and review and if you do that we'll read the your review live on the show and finally this podcast is distributed on anchor which is a podcasting app that allows you to record and post podcasts like the one you're listening to right now isn't that crazy and if you're on Anchor, you can leave a voice message. And if you do, we'll listen to that live in the show. But I think that'll wrap it up for us here this episode. So we will see you all next time for Gotta Kick It Up. 
Gotta kick it up. Bye. Bye.